It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This week's Back of the Net is dedicated to number 44, Paul Gethin-Willis. Welcome to episode 48 of Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. My name is Sean Barker. And my name is Sam Davis. And just like a Tyrone Mings Instagram live video, we're not going to think too much about what we're doing. And we're going to go straight in with the intro. So here's what's coming up. In a busy show this week, Michael Dunn sends his review of the action at the Vitality Stadium as Bournemouth beat Burnley to secure a 2-1 win and a minimum position of 12th in the Premier League. Amazing. Now, I couldn't see the game this weekend as I was in France, which was a story in itself. But anyway, Sean is going to be chatting to King of the Morning Coffee on Twitter, Jeff with all the Zs, that's Jeff Barlow, where they'll be going over the Clarets clash to express their views of proceedings at Dean Court. Now, this week, we've had a great story sent in, whereby a couple of Cherries fans from San Francisco have been tracking the rise of the Cherries over the years. And rather than support your Arsenals, Liverpools or Chelsea's, these guys, Preston and David, have fallen in love with our AFC Bournemouth. From keeping up to date on Twitter, through to seeing documentaries on TV and watching the games live on NBC, this weekend they made the five and a half thousand mile trip to Dean Court. And what a trip it was, and Preston will tell us all about it. Yeah, it's an amazing story and it makes me really proud of our little club's global appeal. Uh, After that, I'll be reminding you of our Back of the Net end of season awards. We've been getting your feedback all week on Twitter and straight after the Leicester game this weekend, the votes will open. And we'll be pleased to announce that we will be hitting episode 50 with an end of season special a week or so afterwards where we'll announce the winners and review the season in style. And then to end the show this week, we'll have Jeff back to preview the game against last season's champions at the King Power Stadium. Plus, in amongst all that, 
We've got tidbits from Nonny, our regular interviewer Fletcher McDougall, and a lot more besides. Now, we were going to kick off the show by posing the question, do you remember, to Tyrone Mings. However, we'll save that for another time, (laughs) as this week we'll go straight in to hear Michael's views on Saturday's game. History-making cherries guaranteed a record highest finish in English football and beat last season's points tally with a 2-1 win over Eddie Howe's former employers Burnley in the final home game of the season on Saturday at Dean Court. The manager picked the 11 that had started the draw with Stoke with only one change on the bench as Bailey Cargill dropped out for Dan Gosling who has regained his fitness just in the nick of time with Lewis Cook heading off to South Korea prior to next week's visit to Leicester. Just before kick-off, Steve Cook picked up three of the five Player of the Year gongs on offer, with Josh King and Arthur Boris deservedly gaining recognition for their excellent performances during the campaign by receiving one apiece. With the formalities over, the first quarter of the game was played out in a relaxed manner, with Adam Smith and Junior Stanislas indulging in the kind of unnecessary showboating that would have seen Eddie Howe haul them off immediately had it not been essentially a dead rubber. Everyone knows Burnley have only won once on their travels this season and it was not difficult to see why as their go-to tactic of hitting the ball long to our former target man Sam Vokes was in general easy for Steve Cook and Simon Francis to defend against. On 25 minutes we took what was just about a deserved lead when Lewis Cook, who was looking more promising by the week, played a long pinpoint pass through the air which cleared Stephen Ward to fall perfectly onto the chest of Junior Stanislas. Junior still had a bit to do, bringing the ball down calmly before finishing accurately past Tom Heaton with his left foot. The game then opened up a little with Scott Arfield pulling a shot just wide of Boritz's goal and Charlie Daniels galloping forward to send a searing effort just over Heaton's crossbar. Boritz had used his popularity in Poland to romp home in the supporters' player of the year ballot, but he again proved he deserved it two minutes before the break when he bravely grabbed the ball from Arfield's boots just as the Scotsman was about to pull the trigger. Half-time saw Sean Dyche withdraw the ineffective Ashley Barnes for speed merchant Andre Gray in an attempt to give the Cherries' formerly maligned defence something else to think about. It didn't really work, and Bournemouth began to look as if they were on the verge of a second goal. Steve Cook tested Heaton from distance, and Lee Smusette headed into the Burnley keeper's arms, whilst all the while Josh King desperately searched for another goal to add to his impressive tally, curling an effort beyond the far post when he really should have laid the ball off and hitting James Tarkowski with a stinging shot when again a pass to a teammate was probably the better option. Arfield did bend an attempt past Boric's upright but that was about it for the visitors as Mark Pugh began to make hay down the left, smashing a shot into Tarkowski and linking up effectively with Ryan Fraser who had replaced Mousset. Although we were dominant, as the chances went begging, I began to feel a growing anxiety that the sucker punch was on the horizon. Unfortunately, this paranoia proved prescient when, on 83 minutes, Sam Vokes, who up until that point had been demonstrating that he was still a cherry through and through by fluffing the few opportunities he had, blotted his red and black copybook by rising above Steve Cook to meet substitute Johan berg Goodmanson's high delivery with a glancing header into the corner of the goal, which gave Boritz no chance. As the Cherries wearily prepared to kick off whilst the Clarets were celebrating with their fans, there was nothing in our body language to suggest that we had it in us to go on to chase the win. However, this proved deceptive, as just over a minute after the equaliser, Fraser found King in the area, and thanks to a superb first touch, he was able to shield the ball from Tarkowski and then finish under Heaton to claim his 16th strike of the season. The delirium that followed this goal was as you might expect, with our leading striker angrily celebrating his strike after what had been a frustrating afternoon thus far. Fortunately, the Norwegian regained his composure and tidied up after himself, placing the corner flag back in its fixing after having punched it to the floor moments earlier. We then saw out an inexplicable five minutes of injury time to claim our ninth home win of the season. After the final whistle, the squad and staff re-emerged for a well-deserved ovation, most eye-opening for the sheer number of people who are working behind the scenes to make our dreams come true. It was Eddie's first victory over the Turf Moor side since he returned to Dorset from Lancashire in the autumn of 2012. Things have largely worked out for both clubs in the years that have followed, but there is no way we would be breathing such refined air if he hadn't gone to Burnley, had a dream and then... 
comeback. And with a top 10 finish in sight, it's been quite an incredible season for AFC Bournemouth. Michael Dunn there summing up events out of Vitality. He's on Twitter at all departments. Uh, now, we did have uh, a message in at full time. Our intrepid touchline reporter, Harry McFletch Dougal, has been at it again. He was down in the tunnel and he managed to catch a word with Sean Dyche. Uh, Sean Dyche, um, you've come to Bournemouth today. You've not been able to get the result. What do you have to say to the Burnley fans? Look, we came here, we tried our best, but it's not a level playing field. Eddie Howe spends billions on players every week, whereas most of my lads have got to go back down the coal mine Monday morning. Poor old Volksy is too tall to work down the coal mine, so we've got him cleaning windows. But we can't afford a sponge, so he's using Joey Barton's undercrackers. Still, great that he's got use for something, Joey Barton. Hey, huh. Right, well, um, transfer window will open in the summer. You might be looking at maybe some Bournemouth players. Maxi Gradle might be available. Is that someone who interests you? Oh, well, what a player. Maxi Gradle. We know he's got a goal in him. An electric pace. Yeah. But... There are some questions. Right. Questions? Yeah. Can he drive a forklift truck? What? A forklift. Has he got his his forklift licence? I don't... I don't know. He's a professional footballer, Sean. I don't think... No, he wouldn't have a forklift. Right. Deal's off. Not interested. This interview's over. And he just walked away from the mic. That was Sean Dyche there chatting to Harry McFletch Dougal. What a rude man. I used to like that guy as well, but no longer. He he always seems to have a dig about AFC Bournemouth and money. He's got to be in his bonnet somewhere or other. But anyway, we asked for a song choice this week and we got a few in. And the consensus was, well, Bournemouth are approaching what could be a top half finish. But could we get it? Well, Steve in Charmister came up with the beautiful South with the perfect 10. She's a perfect 10. We are into the top 10 of the Premier League. A very great season for us. The highest position we will finish ever in football history for Bournemouth and it's been it's been a very good season absolutely um, it's been it's been like one where we've enjoyed and there's been a we've had the highs and lows getting a bit worried through rele- um, potential relegation dogfight to definitely being clear quite a few games ago so it's all right and it's just been one of those seasons where a lot of actions happened been really great games like Liverpool at home, an amazing result. Yeah, and high up. It could go higher if uh, Southampton fails two two matches. I went uh, VIP room. I saw Chelsea uh, Tindall when I was walking in. He said, "How are you, John?" When I was up in uh, bar, but I saw. Uh, oh. At um, Bournemouth Tapson, Mark Morris there. Adam Smith. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. It wasn't as fluent as usual, Jeff, but they, they pass the ball around. They, they always have a go. That's the thing I like about watching Bournemouth. They have a go to open the game up, and the first goal was a real good goal. Lewis Cook with a, a 40 yard cross field ball inside the fullback to uh, Stanislaus. He runs in, chests it down. As it chests, it rolls middle of the goal, and he just rolls it into the corner, literally goes outside the post and back in. Top goal, brilliant goal. And then they, they were the much better team, much better team. Never looked like being in it. The best compliment I could give Burnley was they stayed in the game, you know, and never got blown away. And, and they got their opportunity. 83 minutes out on the right, cut inside left foot, whips it in and vokes, gambles. Near post, great header, glancing error into the far corner. You think they've got away with this, one all. And then with a minute later... King gets on the wrong side of his defender, takes a touch, bullies him off and then smashes it underneath the keeper. 
a real good goal. And, and that was it. And they thoroughly deserved it, if I'm being honest. So interesting there to hear the thoughts from Matt from ACB TV. That was Nonny from his own YouTube channel, What a Lad, John Garrard. And of course, Paul Merson from Sky Sports. Okay, so back of the net listeners, we are joined by a very special guest today on debut. It is Jeff with all the Zeds, Jeff Barlow. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Sean. How, how are you doing? I am well. How are you? Very well, thank you. Now, I've got to put a disclaimer and say thank you very much, Jeff, for staying up very late because uh, in New Zealand it's, what, quarter to ten in the morning, but uh, UK, you're, you're almost at 11 o'clock. It's almost closing time, Jeff. It's very dark, yes. Southbourne yeah. is very dark tonight, yeah. You're, you're not doing this from the White Bear, though, are you? You are at home. I'm about a stone's throw from the White Bear, but um, no, I'm definitely at home. <laughs> Good boy. Well, we're going to discuss now the last home game of the season that just happened at the weekend, Burnley. So we won 2-1. It looked like a beautiful day in the sunshine. Um, we'll, we'll start with the lineup unchanged from Stoke I think the only question I had probably going into it was whether Mousse would get another shot but what were your thoughts on on how we lined up I thought it was pretty much as expected um didn't really no real surprises for me there in that team um thought I was quite worried about Stoke actually I just thought they would give us a, a very very tough game um uh, so no, no, but lineup wise, it was very much as expected for me. Yeah, and good to see Gosling back on the bench, especially with Burnley. I should... Yeah, with <laughs> I, I thought I, I thought I'd, I'll let you get away with that one. I thought you meant last yeah, yeah, week. What a yeah, yeah, sorry. Okay. <laughs> Who is this guy? God. So yeah, Gos- yeah. Gosling was back on the bench though, which was a good sign, seeing as Lewis Cook's yeah. going to be away and. I know the club beforehand um, had bigged up. They wanted it to be a red and black day and kind of make it a bit of a carnival. Uh, the, the game itself, watching from afar, certainly to start with, it seemed like a bit of a game where it was two teams that didn't have a huge amount to play for. But what was it like in the stadium? Was there a buzz? Um, I think it was a similar sort of buzz to usual. I mean, yeah, there was um, a lot of colour about the place. Um, I thought Burnley were very loud. The, the fans, were, they sold out their area. Um, home fans uh, seemed up for it, uh, singing. Um, they say I even had a shirt on, in, a shirt on in, in the executive area. So um, first, that's a first. Um, um, but, but no, I thought I thought, and I thought both teams were up for it. I don't. I think both teams were motivated. I mean, I, I don't think it's a case of you could look at either of those teams and think, oh, you know, they think of their holidays. So I just thought they were both well up for it. Yeah, it was funny because the I was watching the BN Sports and it was I think it was Tony Gale was the assistant coach and he did keep going on repeatedly about this two teams got nothing to play for kind of thing. I mean, as I say, I don't know. Maybe. It, the intensity, I, I don't know whether it was a hundred percent there as much as as it had been. And as um, Michael said in his match report, he made reference to, especially on the right hand side. I think there was the corner where there was Stanislas and Smith, and showboating was Michael's word. But it did seem that there was kind of a lot of there was a bit of a, um, a relaxed nature to um, our play. I think, which I don't think is always a bad things i think when we when we relax i think we tend to knock it around a bit more but um still we we had some opportunities um stanislas whipped that cross in for king that he was just a couple of yards away from connecting with he was yeah he wasn't quite reaching it i mean from my angle i'm right behind that and he was he's, he's never just never quite reaching it whatever he'd done there but um it was it was a good effort from stanislas there yeah, it was. And then um, after that, um, Lewis Cook, who I think has played exceptionally well um, since he's come into the team, um, especially because he's just a baby still, isn't he, really? But he seems pretty confident in the middle of the midfield. Yeah, I'm very impressed with him. Um, 
it looks like he wants to take a shot on as well. He hasn't actually got one right yet, but um, I just think he's um, quite excited about him for next season, certainly. And then the pass for the goal, which is over the last few weeks, you've noticed that. And again, maybe he's, that's a little bit different to some of the other midfielders we've had. He's not he's not afraid of playing um, the long through ball, which no, I, this the goal that we scored. It was it was probably one of my favourite goals of the season, if I'll be honest. I just thought Cook's pass was brilliant. Stanislav's run was incredible, and then I thought he was so casual that he just casually put it wide but when you watch it back he's put this perfect little bend and put it around heating into the bottom corner it was just such a great finish yeah it was a great pass but the the the, the chest control and and little bend pass into the net was absolutely exquisite i mean absolutely brilliant i mean and he went running off and i thought he's going to run towards the burnley fans to start with and um he sort of he sort of went to the, about the six yard box then turned around back behind the goal towards <laughs> i guess run towards his family i would say um but uh, yeah probably best advice to do that but what a great finish that was it was and the one thing i'm going to put there maybe i don't know jeff whether you can answer this or maybe a listener can but his celebration i didn't understand he was he was on the phone and i thought at first he was it was to lewis cook for it was such a great long-range pass it was like a a, a phone call but he seemed to be doing it to king but come on any ideas what what's the celebration about mm, I, I thought he was looking up towards the family area but I, I, i'm just guessing to be honest it, it, that's where he seemed to be going with it um yeah i'm just guessing though we'll, we'll put it out there somebody come on come on give us yeah, yeah. give us your suggestions what what who was he calling who was he for was it his agent maybe that's what it was <laughs> Maybe it's his agent. He's at his gold bonus. Yeah, that could be. That'd be a good one, actually. Yeah, yeah. New contract, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then after that, um, Burnley had, um, Arfield, uh, I think, dragged a shot wide. And they kind of, they never really threatened and got in behind us, did they? And we continued to kind of play away. There was the chance that Pugh had where it just kind of got stuck under his feet and he just ended up kind of toe-poking it to the keeper when probably there was a pass to King. Daniels had one going over. Like we, There was no real clinical opportunities, but like you said, it, it, was a, it was a fairly entertaining game. Yeah, it was. I mean, Burnley came in and they, you know, they played two up front and, and I just felt we'd never, ever really shaken them off despite, you know, you've, I did feel fairly confident at 1-0, but I, I just, there was always this nagging doubt. We haven't quite shaken them off, you know, because they they are pretty well motivated and, and, and uh, you know, they were definitely putting the effort in still. So, um, yeah, I was, I, was, I was quite impressed with them, to be honest, with their, especially with their poor away record. Yeah, I was too. And there were some points, and I think a few people referenced this. I mean, it's easy to kind of, just comment on all they do is lump it up up but they've got some good footballers in that team and they did have some moments where there was some quite nice um interplay in in and around the edge of the box as i say without ever really really hurting us but i can see why um i can see why they haven't gone down there's certainly sides that are worse than them albeit like you say their away form is atrocious and is something i guess if they got that right well then They'd be um, a lot lot higher up the table, but there's also the stat that isn't it? They've in the Premier League, is it? They've never won when they've gone behind, I think, or they may have won once or something. But I guess those are the things. If they want to stay long term, they've got to sort themselves out. Yeah, but, I didn't know that stat, but if, if that's true, then yeah, that's something they need to sort out definitely for next year. Now there was a there was a good save from now you could say this slightly surprising, not from my perspective, but for some people. The supporters player of the year, Arda Boric, who made that great spread <laughs> save. But was there, like, when did they, because I, I was sleeping through the night, I watched the game in the morning. Was that, when were the awards announced in terms of who won? Was it in the paper in the morning or was it before the game when they gave the awards out? Well, the, the the one I was checking out is the one the one that I tend to take most seriously is the daily is the Daily Echo one, the Mickey Cave Award. Mm. I just um, that's that's always the one that I've always felt is sort of the the Player of the Year award, um, and that's the one that I uh, checked up on and um, seen who won that. Uh, the the club ones I started sort of filtering through later, but um, 
I heard that Steve Cook had. Um, I'm trying to think when I heard it. Um, I don't I must admit I don't I don't hang on the sort of press all the time these days. But <laughs> there's so much written about us now that I, I think you, you know going back a few years you'd you'd be looking for anything that was written about us and and, and now you can't avoid it you know. Um, but uh, yeah, I, th- I certainly heard about the. Uh, I think I think I heard on the Friday night um, that uh, that Steve Cook had won the Mickey Cave Award at the, at the, at the uh, Bournemouth Echo. Yeah, I agree. That's that's I, I always think that's the one I always picture before the game getting given out and raising in the yeah. air. But yeah, Cook picked up the Mickey K Daily Echo Award. He picked up the Exiles um, Player of the Year and also the Vice Presidents Award. Uh, Joshua King picked up the Junior Cherries Award, um, and then yeah, Boric took out the Supporters Player. Which um, yeah, I say I I think he's been I think he's been great. I know it's it doesn't get everyone with the supporters, which I think is probably why it was. Maybe a little bit more interesting that he picked that up. But, um, yeah, he certainly showed his worth with that big save. And then in the 44th minute, Jeff, there was the the moment for Paul Gethin-Willis, who sadly passed away in the week. Um, just anybody that, that's been to a Bournemouth game or even seen on TV, because I've, I've certainly spotted Paul, will have seen Paul at some point. I personally had never never spoken to him, but always... For me, he was always scarf man because he always had all the scarfs around his neck and always full kit, number 44. But the minute's applause was even, you know, even watching it down here on TV still um, was pretty emotional. I can only imagine what it was like in the ground. It was. When we got to 44 minutes, I mean, the reaction was instant. I mean, everyone in every stand rose to their feet, um, applauding. Um, Like you, I mean, I know... I don't know, didn't know Paul. Um, he's someone who obviously very recognisable. Um, and a lot of people knew him from uh, travelling on the away coaches. I don't actually travel away with them, but um, he's certainly well known by them. And uh, I certainly sat near him a few times and uh, seen the red and yellow cards being raised and these various flags and, and kits and... Uh, I think you just often see him walking to and from a game as well. I think you used to you see him walking up and down Alma Road. So uh, I, I don't know what his trip was, but he's someone that you used to just see around the place all the time. You know, everywhere you went, he would be there. But desperately sad about it. I had heard about him being ill some time ago and um, heard that he was uh, uh, yeah very poorly. So. Um, Obviously, um, just thoughts with uh, family and friends. Yeah, absolutely. And and I say, I think it was it was really lovely to see the photos from when he got to spend time with Eddie and the team. And I believe um, from the photos that Eddie was discussing tactics with him and and best eleven and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I mean, the, yeah. the you know the obviously the club meant everything to him. And and to get that moment and was special. And that's you know I think it's it is characters like. Paul and like yeah, Mick Cunningham's and others that that the foundation of this club is something that 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 I think sets us apart from lots of other clubs. And you know, as long as there's characters like Paul and that within our within our uh, supporter base, then I think we'll always have something special. And yeah, it was a lovely moment and great to see all that you say. All the, you saw some players clapping and you saw Eddie and all the all the bench clapping as well. So yeah, yeah. bench all clapping in front of us. Yeah, definitely. It was uh, yeah, pretty. Um everyone together at that moment yeah so half time then and then second half um Sean Dyche made a bit of a change brought Andre Gray on who yeah who who, he went through that period didn't he of of getting quite a lot of goals and then yeah he was on the bench but second half yeah much much the same I felt again there was chances Steve Cook trying to get in on the act from distance and Musse headed one at the keeper um so, Lise Mousset, what are your thoughts on how he's done over the last couple of games since he's been getting some minutes? Well, I think um, I think it's probably true to say the, the best is yet to come. Um, he's, uh, I mean, he's been he's been a bit unfortunate. He had a chance. I think it was in the Middlesbrough game when he came on, which was probably the best chance he had to score. Was it the Middlesbrough game? I'm sure he had a great chance in one of the. Mm. I think it was the Middlesbrough game. Um, obviously scored an, an own goal recently, very unfortunately. Um, 
it'd be great to see him actually get a goal to see what that did for him. Um, but uh, certainly, you know, too early to have a great opinion on him. I mean, obviously, he's impressed the officials at the, at the club, and um, he's you know he's forced his way this far. So um, he certainly must have something about him. So um, you know, looking forward to see him. You know, if he can do more in the near future, or certainly next season. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I think from what Eddie's been saying, yeah, Eddie's been obviously been saying that he's been pretty impressed with him um for me i think one thing it has done i think is it's strengthened i think the what a has been bringing to the team I, I um and again you know there's there's some critics of a and i think there were times in the game when midfielders would have the ball the center backs would be and there was there was a little bit of frustration i noticed at times that there wasn't maybe as much movement or or as much availability which a when he came to us it looked like he was, you know, he's a fox in the box, get the ball in early and it's one touch finish. But this whole holding up the ball and bringing in other players and almost being a bit of a target man and foil for for King, I think you could say is something that we've possibly missed in the last couple of games. But, I mean, even that, that's something I think has come on in a Fobe's game. So with Mousse, yeah, he's, he's, he's trying hard, isn't he? And much yeah, like... Definitely. I think when Jordan Ibe first came into the team, he was trying too hard and just, I don't know, it's almost like at the moment with Ibe, still is really, I don't know the, whether it's the price tag or he's out of the team, I don't know, but he obviously came on right near the end. But but before that, the game, it felt like we were seeing the game out. Like you said, Burnley, you always thought, oh, is 1-0 enough? And then yeah. Sam Vokes... Pops up, 83rd minute, nothing supporters player of the year Boric can do with the header that goes right in the corner. No. Um, against the run of play, possibly? Well, it was, but it's just the sort of goal that they would score. I mean, like you say, I wouldn't give any blame to the defender. I think it was Steve Cook, but I wouldn't blame him. Obviously, the way it flew into the corner wouldn't blame the goalkeeper. It is just the sort of goal that Burnley score. Um, and, you know, having seen Stanislas score against his old club, we had it even spoke between ourselves that it's pretty written in the stars that folks are going to do it now. So um, when he popped up and did it, we all sort of um, grumpily nodded at each other, you know. And then at that point, it was like, OK, you know, is there going to be the big pickup and the big fight to go and get that winner? And, well, before you could even ask the question, we've gone and Fraser's found King and another really great goal from Joshua King. He's shown strength. He's shown great control with his right foot. And then the composed finish, which I think is the finishing, is something that I think is really added to his game. And... Yeah. Um, yeah, again, I mean, that guy just, he literally cannot stop scoring at the moment. No, I mean, a great ball in by Fraser. Um, they say that I think that the touch was, was fantastic. I mean, it just takes someone with his confidence to be able to do that at the moment. It, it was um, the touch and the finish were just absolute class. And you, you sort of think, oh, fantastic. I mean, I did fancy us to score, but when he, he scores again, I think, oh, you know, we're going to lose him, you know. <laughs> I just, I, I, it, you think, oh, I'm pleased he scored, but goodness, who's watching this, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then and then cue the wild and then um, very sensible celebration where, yeah, as as Michael said earlier in the match report, he, he knocks over the corner flag and everyone's going crazy. And then very seriously make sure that he put the flag back in before took an awful lot of time for putting that flag back in. <laughs> he like, did. He, it was almost as classy as his finish, the way he just picked it up and very carefully placed it where it should I'm oh, thinking, oh. Yeah, but uh, no, the ref was uh, not thinking about yellow card then, I suppose, so we got away with it. It did get a bit awkward, though, didn't it? Because it was like, oh, yeah. God, just, just put it in the damn grave. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Just whistle and walk away, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then with that yeah five minutes of injury time but yeah um saw the game out so it was good to end on a on a home win highest ever finish the argue well you can't argue it's the greatest ever season that the team's ever had 
based on points. And then I didn't get to see this because the coverage ended, but um, I presume because the players all went off and then they came back out to do the, like the lap of honor at the end. Yeah, they did. And they, they they came out and um, they sort of came out the tunnel. And if you can picture it, they turned right and went towards the South stand. And Mm. there was, it just gives you an idea when you see it like that, the number of, number of staff we have these days and there were so many people on the pitch you, you you're thinking well where, they all had their kids with them right. but we seem to have um all sorts of i, I don't know i don't know who a lot of people were but they must it looked like there was about 100 people on the pitch walking around <laughs> but it was um um yeah it's just just it was not like lap of all as in years gone by we've certainly bumped up the staff levels that's for sure <laughs> when, it, when it was just bernie the kit man and, and maybe the the coach driver if that wasn't bernie yeah, as well yeah i think probably the same person yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so it was did anyone uh anyone run on the pitch or not we didn't have any of those shenanigans didn't see didn't see anyone run on the pitch either at the final whistle or or what, you know, when the players were going around i didn't really no i don't think anyone went on the pitch this time which is and that's it's a funny thing though isn't it with this with being in the premier league how and i still haven't quite got my head fully around it every previous season there's either been we finished you know 17th or whatever or 12th and literally the last few games have kind of meant nothing or we've we've had the elation of getting in the playoffs or whatever whereas like you know, no one run on the pitch or whatever. However, this is our best ever season that we've ever had, and yeah, yeah it's a still. I think getting that, getting your head around. There's there's leagues within leagues within the Premier League and all that kind of stuff. I still haven't quite got my head around that. I don't think. No, but when you look at the table, and we, you know we're tenth. We've one game to play. It's just uh, mind-boggling sometimes. Before Jeff returns later on the show, giving his prediction on the match this weekend against Leicester, just a final heads up about the back of the net end of season awards. Voting starts on Sunday after the full-time whistle and will last a week and we'll have an end of season special podcast soon after where we'll wrap up the season in style. If you've been following us on Twitter, you'll have seen us pumping out the questions to you. So keep following at AFCB podcast as we've been able to whittle down the top answers for each category and the multiple choice will be available soon. But first, how long did it take you to travel to the match on Saturday? Some of you will have walked. There'll be others that have taken the car. And of course, there'll be those of you that took the train. But I bet not many of you listening will have actually flown to the game. Well, two people who did just that are Preston Burns and David Lindstedt. They are two Cherries fans that came from San Francisco in the hope of being able to watch their beloved side play. And as it happened, their dream came true. Cherries fan and podcast contributor Jamie Williams had a spare ticket for the Burnley match, so he looked to Facebook and Twitter as avenues of selling his spare ticket. Now, the official AFC Bournemouth page posted that Burnley tickets were on sale, so Jamie went to the comment section to see if anyone had posted anything about needing a ticket, and this is where he saw Preston saying that he was looking for a ticket as he was coming over from America. Now, Jamie direct messaged him immediately to try to sort him out with a ticket, but he took about a week or two weeks to respond, which meant in the meantime... He put a tweet out on Twitter, Jamie that is, saying spare ticket for sale, face value, Ted Mech stand. And this gathered interest and he agreed to sell the ticket to a Bournemouth supporter online. But around a week before the game, he had a message off the person that Jamie had agreed to sell the ticket to saying he could no longer make it. So Jamie tried contacting Preston again, saying the ticket's available if you need it. Thankfully, as fate would have it, 
Preston managed to see the message, and then the three of them, so that's Preston and David, who flew over from San Francisco, and Jamie met on the Saturday before the game and talked all things AFCB and then managed to enjoy the victory for the Cherries. It's probably fate stroke destiny that the other guy couldn't make the game, so Preston could experience his first ever Cherries game. But anyway, here's Preston to take up the story. So this is uh, Preston Burns from San Francisco, California, and I uh, wanted to tell you a little bit about uh, the trip my friend and I made out to Bournemouth this weekend from uh, all the way from San Francisco, California. Uh, so the two of us are, are from the Bay Area originally, and we uh, a couple years ago were trying to figure out what uh, EPL team, what Premier League team we wanted to support, uh, and almost everyone out here seems to be, uh, even they're an Arsenal or a Liverpool or a Man U supporter, and we didn't really want to go that direction. And at the same time, um, you know, the Cherries were in the middle of their rise to the Premier League, and um, we actually get pretty good coverage of the league out here on NBC Sports, and so we started watching the Cherries. Uh, NBC Sports also put out a... uh, little mini documentary called uh, of course together anything is possible and and we really just kind of fell in love with the team and with the story with the attacking style with eddie howe um with some of the guys like harry arter who'd been there for a long time with the back line who'd been there since you know league one and um yeah since then we've uh, we've been making it out to the bar in san francisco with some of our friends and uh catching as many cherries matches as we can uh and as a result of that wanted to get out to bournemouth and see the team in person so um i booked a trip um to london and and davide is currently living in madrid and uh, decided to join me so we uh got there um i got to london you know the friday before last uh, but we got out in the bournemouth uh, on Friday, the night before the Burnley match, and um, basically immediately fell in love with the place. Uh, part of it could have been that everyone seemed so surprised and amazed that we had made the trip from San Francisco to Bournemouth, but uh, I think it also has a lot to do with the town and with the type of people and, and kind of their mindset and their uh, obviously uh, strong passion for Cherries football. And so, you know, from the moment we arrived, it really couldn't have been a better weekend. Um, every pub, every bar, restaurant, anything we went into, we kept meeting people who were huge Cherry supporters who, you know, wanted to meet up again at the match or beforehand and, and after and all of that. We were able to secure tickets. Uh, guy Jamie Williams, who I connected with on Facebook, uh, connected me with a ticket and, a, and another guy um, that we met uh, Friday night was able to connect my friend Davide with a ticket. So we, um, we sat in different parts of the stadium in the south end and the north end, but um, each of us had had some great people around us a lot of fun at the match the Burnley match of course coming home with the win was nice uh, and um, then you know after the match we continued to uh, kind of move around town enjoy uh, our time there meet more people um, and, and like I said it couldn't have been better um, I think uh, Davide was saying this was uh, potentially one of the best days of his life the the Saturday of the match and I kind of tend to agree and and we've already made plans to come back we've already uh, connected with a number of supporters that we met um, in town over the weekend who uh, you know are going to try to help us out if we uh, can get back to town for a match next season Uh, of course we're also hoping they're maybe going to do a summer tour and and uh, play somewhere in in North America if that happens we'll, we'll definitely make it out there as well um, and I think finally we're we're looking to try to get a, a good supporters club going here in San Francisco in the Bay Area uh, because it's basically us and a few of our friends who we've converted to uh, being Cherry supporters that are the bulk of the fans out here. So it'd be great to be able to get a little more of a um, you know supporters group and and a following out here in the Bay Area. So. Um, that's about it for the weekend. Um, again, it was an amazing trip. We, uh, you know, we couldn't be more committed to being cherry cherry supporters for life at this point, and um, you know, getting to, getting to do things like meeting Harry Arter and and um, uh, Josh King and and uh, Callum Wilson and and uh, Archie Borish after the match and and all of this. It just you know, it's a, it's been a great great experience for us and couldn't have really asked for anything more so um thanks to all the cherry supporters out there for welcoming us and and making us feel at home in bournemouth and uh especially to jamie and and some of the others who who helped us out with tickets uh we can't wait to be back and uh up the cherries well preston and david we certainly can't wait to have you back what an amazing trip it sounded epic and all for the mighty afc bournemouth and uh yeah hopefully you'll be back at the vitality soon and 
maybe your good luck charms because a great 2-1 win. We'd love to have you back next season. And if you do, please let us know because uh, we'll come for a beer with you too. Yeah, now it seems the subject of the week is people travelling overseas, whether it's coming into uh, <laughs> into Bournemouth or maybe out of Bournemouth. And we're just going to go through a little bit of info, which is about the players have been given a few days off after the Burnley game and various social media accounts of players um, showing photos of sunny beaches and relaxing. And Steve Cook, I believe, went away to Portugal with his fitness coach and... Sam Davis took the chance to go over to France and drink a load of beers. And it sounds like, Sam, you weren't the only uh, person associated with AFC Bournemouth in some way or another to uh, go overseas and have a few beers. Tell me more. Yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, By the way, talking about my French weekend, we booked a hotel, didn't even stay there. We ended up at some French house party at some gîte, some people we met in a club. It was the best thing ever. Le discothèque? We drink a whiskey, playing the guitar till about 6am in the morning. It was brilliant. But anyway, um, yeah, there's been been a few little bits and bobs on Twitter this week. And as you said, there's been a few players um, that have been having very relaxed times. As you said, some with their Finnish coach, other with their families um one of our players having quite an interesting time in dublin by the looks of it on his own uh or maybe he's with some friends i don't know but um mr tyrone mings and he was an irish pub in dublin and he thought he would do a few interesting instagram live videos now these aren't like your facebook lives which when they're recorded uh, or when they're put out live they get recorded so people can watch back afterwards once they're done they're gone that's it they're gone now no one recorded them there were a few screen grabs here and there um some interesting uh, opinions on twitter about the things he was saying and what he was and wasn't wearing yeah so uh, you started popping up news of this and again this is the nature of social media i guess and the world we live in that as soon as something's done everyone's talking about it and yeah so so nuts and bolts are it appears that he's gone out he's been drinking he's chanting about the cherries he's swearing he's taking his top off and generally having a bit of a good time. And I yeah. guess, you know, everyone likes a good time. I guess the debate that came out of it was um, how appropriate is it for a player to be doing this, mm. especially during the season and, you know, online. There was a few conversations with people as to why the players were given time off. And um, I would presume that, um, and as I did put on Twitter, I know that Eddie is a fan of giving the players goals. And I know last season they had a points target. And if they hit certain points targets, that did give them trips away. So I would imagine that that mathematically being safe gave them, and you know, you will get X amount of days off whenever you reach that target, whether it's with a game to go or not, I guess they still honour it. Mm. And then some players have gone away for certain breaks, but... Yeah. Sam, what are your thoughts on Mr. Mings himself and what what he did? My concern is that, you know, as a professional, he knows what is to be expected. And my worry is that he was so drunk that he decided that going on Instagram Live was was a good idea. I mean, we all have a drink and we all kind of reach a point, but there's that kind of level headedness still that says, right, I am getting drunk. I need to keep this on the down low now. But he decides to go on Instagram live and up the effing cherries and all the kind of things he was saying. Um, he He's let down his teammates because from what I understand, Eddie, as you said, he offers a little carrot dangler to the players, certain targets. He really wanted to... He really wanted to beat Burnley, did Eddie Howe. Obviously, um, as his former club, he just he, he really wanted to do it. And the players were offered an incentive as a result. Um, I'm not too sure if Josh King's celebration had anything to do with that, his angry celebration. But obviously, some players went. Tyrone sort of did what he did. Um, what is really bad is that now that this has happened, I don't think Eddie... I mean, JT and Eddie know about this, 100%. Um, You've got some moles, really haven't you, Sam Davis? You've got moles. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, JT and Eddie are aware of it. Um, other players are aware of it. And unfortunately, you know, it, it may be something that will prevent 
these little carrot danglers from being offered to the players again, which is a shame because it's just one player that has led uh, to what's happened. Everyone else has been drinking in moderation or just been having a relaxing time with their families. And there's one player that I can imagine when he turns up for training will be getting a few evils from the other players. And whether he was texted at the time by uh, fellow members of staff, fellow players, I don't know, but surely one of them would have seen it and just texted him and said, Tyrone, please just stop it. Um, he sent a little cheeky tweet as well the following day. I think it was AFCB Frank on Twitter said, you know, Tyrone, you really shouldn't be doing this. And Tyrone replied saying, look, you know, lighten up or something like that. I can't remember exactly what he said. But um, in the cold light of day, I think Mings will look back at that and think I was I was a bit silly. The only um, saving grace was that it hasn't gone out too far into the media and it just seems to be us lot on Twitter and on the forums that are talking about it. No national press have sort of clocked onto it and if they did, that would be really bad and Eddie would not be happy with the fact that the image of the club has been potentially damaged at his actions and it's not it's not just that, you know, it's the kids as well. You know, lots of young kids will be following Tyrone on Instagram. If they're logging on and seeing that video with him swearing and stuff, it it doesn't look too great so i think eddie will be equally annoyed at that more than anything else somebody consider the children yeah but you know no i i agree i actually agree with you i mean you know the reality is is that he probably earns more in a month than lots of people earn in a year and you know part of that is what comes with that these days as a professional footballer is the expectations is the fitness levels i mean it's the best league in the world and to be an athlete in the best leagues in the world during the season yeah for me that's just the realities i mean back in the day when you know we'd be at whatever club it was with baldy robin jumping the line and you know you'd have you'd have brian stock or whoever it was in there having a good time i mean you know when they're getting paid i don't know 300 quid a week or whatever the guys were earning back then I don't know it was probably a bit different but I think now one expectation levels and two just the the nature of being at your best every week and the social responsibility like you say I think it wasn't the best idea and especially with we know Eddie's track record you know we just have to talk about Lee Tomlin and his social media antics and we know the guys get trained on social media what to do what not to do when to be on it when not to be on it and yeah, it will. I mean, I guess we've only got a week to go and then the season's off. If it was longer, it'd be interesting to see if there are any ongoing issues that have come out of it. Hopefully not, because, you know, Tyrone's just a young lad and has a bright future ahead of him. And, you know, you've only had one more week to go, my friend, and then you can go nuts. But anyway, I bet he didn't go as nuts as Sam Davis. So, you know, there's your marker. Treating more Eddie? Yeah. Eddie had a on minus seventeen. We had no money, so we signed some players on. No, we play from the with pace in a He went to but then he came back. Eddie, Eddie Drape, oh my. So the mighty cherries will see out this Premier League season on Sunday at three o'clock as they travel up to Leicester City for the final home game, uh, away game of the season to wrap it all up. Leicester are actually playing this Thursday night against Spurs um, and then they've got a pretty quick turnaround for Sunday so that hopefully will sort us out and Jeff you're going to be heading up to Leicester. Yes it's my 38th Premier League game of the season so you know I might as well go to the last one so yeah yeah, I'll be there. Oh that's tremendous. Now um, I think I saw a message is it is it inflatables is that is that the cue for the game? They're definitely inflatables, yep, yep. Um, so um, you've got no excuse. Get out and get them, and uh, you might have to sneak them in. So, you know, be uh, be prepared for that. <laughs> and, and can I ask, what's, what's your weapon of choice when it comes to the inflatable supporter wear? I can't say at the moment. I'm going to keep it under wraps. <laughs> Make sure you send us a photo. 
I think, I think for me, I, uh, you can't get much further than the comedy banana. The massive inflatable uh, banana is always a personal favourite. I'm definitely predicting a number of bananas. <laughs> so on the pitch then, hopefully no banana skins for the cherries. Boom, boom. Um, Line-up wise, I saw an interesting tweet online, which was that a couple of the boys have uh, gone away on a holiday this week. Um, I think Adam Smith has posted a photo from a beach in Dubai, and I think Steve Cook's gone overseas. So there was some rumours that, as Eddie sent them away, and that's it. But apparently, Alex Deutsch, Deutsch, however you say it, he he has said that the deal was if they won at the weekend, then they could go and report back on Wednesday, which um, seems interesting given there's only one game to go. But do you expect any changes or do you think this is going to be all guns blazing? Well, I think, I think we don't, we lose Lewis cook. Um, mm. And I guess is it, is it would Gosling take his place. I, I, I expect a fairly similar lineup, but perhaps um, perhaps that one change. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I thought um, Mings looked a bit upset that he wasn't coming on the other day. I, I don't know. Perhaps he'll give perhaps he'll give one or two a run out, but um, I, I suspect that he'll make that sort of one change. That's that's my guess anyway. Yeah, so yeah, Lewis Cook is because he's involved with the under twenty World Cup with England, which is in South Korea. So yeah, so he's definitely out. Which, as you say, is good that Gosling um, was on the bench, and also I think good that Gosling got a few minutes under his belt. Um, there was a moment though when uh, yeah, a bit of concern about Harry Arter, but hopefully, hopefully he pulls through. But yeah, other than that. I was trying to think if there was anyone that he thought ah oh, deserves to get a bit of game time or whatnot, but yeah, maybe you could say Mings. But then, who does he come into? Because uh, come in for? Because Steve Cook is ninety minutes away from playing every minute of every game this season. Which, yeah. Yeah. So you, you wouldn't expect him to be dropped. You probably wouldn't drop Frano, your captain. So yeah, I, I think we're probably going to shape up as we were. And in terms of the what it could mean. I mean, we're, we're currently 10th. We're on 45 points. Leicester are two points behind us with that game in hand. But, I mean, what? We can still finish 8th, which... which I, think, I think we can. I'm just expecting a very tough game there. I mean, I, I don't watch much telly. I don't watch much football on the box. Um, but I did see, um, because the Leicester game at Man City was on, on the early game on... Um, was it Sky or one of them? Hmm. It was on at the football club anyway on on Saturday, and uh, I was I was pretty impressed with with Leicester. Um, you know they, but for a you know dodgy penalty miss, um, you know they they could have easily got a point there. Um, I just I just think it'll be a very very tough game, and if we could get a similar result to last year, if someone offered me that now, I'd take it. Um, <laughs> it's uh, yeah so. Yeah, we could guess where we're going to finish. I, I, I just hope for the best on on Sunday. To be honest, yeah, and it's it's funny. The other the other thing that I still I just cannot embrace as much is is all the talk about the extra money we get if we finish, you know, in this position or that position. I don't know. Maybe it's just a personal thing, but I just I never think about prize money when it comes to my team and and what position you know well if we win this one we can get an extra couple of whatever it is and maybe that's nuts because we used to count every penny we got but yeah for me it's more more about position and and how high can we finish and i definitely i always about, yeah yeah for fans it's always about the glory i mean i, I can remember the you know the year we won the league and uh you know two years ago and i i, I can remember thinking that we were going to win it. Then I, I think I thought we were going to lose it because we drew against Sheffield Wednesday. And then to actually win it, it it's it, that's all you want as a fan. You're not interested. You know, you, you talk about money and and and, and this and that, and, and you know, you're not really, really, really interested. Um, in the grand scheme of things, it never seems to make an awful lot of difference. But but winning winning a trophy or finishing your highest ever position in the league is just um, it's, it's it's what you it's what you go for as a fan. Yeah, I agree. And also it's I, I have a thing about top 10 like that for me is if we can finish in the top 10, that seems to be 
a good benchmark. Uh, aside anything else, that it means you're on the top fold of the league. So when they're on TV and they say, here's the top half, we're in it. You know, I mean, it, could we finish against our, higher than our rival Southampton? Well, yeah, we could. That would be kind of nice. But yeah, for me, if we can, if we can keep in that top 10, then that would just be a great way to, to end the season. Um, yeah. So from a, prediction perspective then jeff come on you're going to be up there um, when that 90 minutes hits what's what are you going to be celebrating or what's going to happen yeah i'll be celebrating a one all draw <laughs> and who's who's going to get the goal oh goodness i would say uh well I, you wouldn't back against joshua king at the moment yeah i think i think you i was i was probably going to go one all as well but I can't go the same. I'm, I'll tell you what, Jeff. I'm going to give you a, a fantastic away day. I'm going to give you a 3-1 victory for Bournemouth. Oh, God, I'll take that. Yeah, it's cheers. all going to go right for us. Um, who's going to get the goals? Frano, Frano's going to pop one up because he hasn't scored in over 100 games or something, I think I was listening to. Yeah. Uh, Arter is, is due one. Oh, he is, isn't he? He's due one from outside. Yeah, you can have that. He's, he's going to have a 28-yarder. Yeah. Tw- and um, then Joshua King's going to get one off his ass to seal the win yes. in the, with a few minutes to go. Excellent. Yeah, I'll take right. that. Well, Jeff, you, you, have a, you have a great travels up north and thank you for all your support of the club up and down the country. I've certainly heard you and, and the others every week. And uh, thank you very much for making a debut on Back of the Net. Cheers, Sean. It's been brilliant, mate. Thank you. So some interesting predictions there on the Leicester game. I'm going to have a little think for a minute, Sean, about mine. Um, But I just want to say thank you very much for everyone who's been following us on our brand new Instagram account. Uh, We've got a couple of people running it for us, namely my niece Lois and my sister Kerry. They're they're doing posts every so often, getting loads of likes and follows. So thank you very much. But if you want to follow, the username is at afcb podcast so there's going to be pictures from dean court behind the scenes shots and lots of stuff so go on to instagram now on your mobile and just follow us or like us or do whatever you have to do with that yeah and maybe you never know friday night i might have a couple of tinnies at home and might suddenly <laughs> load up an instagram live video who do it. Knows? stay stay tuned folks now, we, um, Sam, over the last couple of weeks while I've been away, has been putting some pleas out just in terms of us looking at net season and, and back of the net and whether we can continue with the show. And um, we've, we've had a really, really great response, especially in the last week. So um, really want to thank everybody who's emailed us. Hopefully we've got back to you all. If we haven't yet, we'll be going through it all. But we've had a really great response from people willing to... Um, get involved in the show do little segments on the show be guests on the show to kind of help our workload so thank you massively for that and we've also had some really lovely comments and some people we'd never heard from before have emailed to say really love the show and we hope we can continue so thank you um our, our kind of next mission i guess really is as, as well as we're getting people on board is we have to find a financial solution to be able to keep the show going next year um costing of not just costing of software and hosting but actual time as well because it still takes a lot of time even with input from people we've still got to piece it all together um if you listen to a lot of podcasts i do and you'll notice that vast majority will have sponsors of shows which is how they make it financially viable so we really need to um look to source a sponsor if we are to make next season happen. So if you are a business owner or if you know someone or think of somebody suitable every week, we'd, you know, one, we've had a few weeks. We haven't been able to do it just because we haven't had workload. Whereas if we had the financial backing, we'd be able to bring the show out earlier and more frequently. So um, if you know someone that wants to get exposure, help their business, then yeah, please do get in touch because ultimately that's really for us looking at it. That's going to play a key part in, what we do next season so thank you that's rant rant over yeah we will uh we will expose your business like a like tyrone mings does with his six packs on instagram but anyway enough about that um so i've just been having a think sean about my prediction uh for the game on sunday of course it's sunday um i'm always i don't know i'm actually quite optimistic about this one um i think 
I think we can get a result. I'm going to go for two-one Bournemouth. I don't. I don't think we've lost against them yet in the Premier League, have we? I don't. I don't think we have. But I'll go for two-one, and I'm going for a a couple of Josh King goals there. But it's really interesting to hear your thoughts and Jeff. Jeff, uh, brilliant to have a different voice on the podcast. So uh, thank you very much. And uh, yeah, fingers crossed. It's going to be another Cherries win. Now, in terms of league position, um, Southampton drew with. Man United tonight, which means they're a point above us. Now, they've got Stoke at home at the weekend, and West Brom above us in ninth are away to Swansea. So, I don't know. I can't see us finishing. I'd love to think about it. Leicester have got a game in hand as well. If we finish top 10, it would be perfect. Yeah, Leicester still to play Spurs at the time of this show coming out. So, yeah, we'll see how we go. Either way, if you're heading up to Leicester, happy travels. And as Jeff said, make sure you pack your inflatable. I'm intrigued by what Jeff wouldn't tell us. You know, the secret inflatable he's taking up. But hopefully it is spectacular. Or if you're watching on TV, just look out and let's count the amount of massive comedy bananas. Come on, don't let me down, people. Either way, we hope you've enjoyed this hour or so of listening to back of the net and we'll be back next week for more back of the net the AFC Bournemouth podcast be disappointed because we've had plenty of good openings Bournemouth Fraser looking for Josh King brilliant well that sums him up quite beautifully Josh King on target yet again Just a minute after Burnley had equalised. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.